Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. What's up, everybody? How's it hanging, home skillets? Oh, that was awful. Why did I do that? Welcome to the Three Angry Nerds <laughs> Podcast. I'm in a great mood because it's a long weekend here in Canada. I think it is down in the States, too. Although for di different reasons, because we have Thanksgiving in October, and in America, it's in November. Arguably, I've always said, we get the better end of the deal, because we get at least a month's buffer before we see family again. So, I don't know, America, who wins out at the end on this one? I think we do. With me, as always, is Adam. How's it going, Adam? Doing pretty good. Yeah, out of town visiting family for Thanksgiving. Getting ready to peel potatoes and make the gravy and do all that fun stuff later today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's part of the process, right? Um, yeah. Oh, man. I, I don't know. My favorite is always the stuffing, though. The stuffing when it's done oh, yeah. well. Stuffing's the best, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And then also with us as always is Spark. How's it going, Spark? I'm good. Uh, in America, yeah, we're not. This weekend isn't special for us, but I am also out of town, DJing a wedding. So, roughing it in Cincinnati. Ooh. <laughs> the very exotic Cincinnati. <laughs> Wait, the that's jewel really... of the Midwest. At least you got the Bengals, right? Or no? We do. Hopefully, they okay. win today. Yeah. They got that game today. And then round out of the cast, we are Katie. How's it going, Katie? Good. Very excited that tomorrow is a holiday. I'm going to make instant mashed potatoes, so that's fun. I mean, it's instant. It, it, there's not much work required. It's perfect. Yeah, I just put in butter and microwave it nice i can cook many of things i cannot cook mashed potatoes i don't know why it's one of life's greatest mysteries watch me try to mash mashed potatoes it's just like it's it's watching a tr like a mile train wreck it's hilarious do canadians eat mashed potatoes for thanksgiving like it, is it a thing it's usually a part of it yeah oh yeah, yeah. okay good <laughs> although i once went to a Thanksgiving meal where they serve poutine instead of uh, mashed potatoes, and I'm like, you guys are wild, but I'm here Ooh. for it. I'd be kind of down for that. Right? 
I kind of don't like poutine. Is it just me? That's like blasphemy that, in Canada. I was going to say, yeah. That's, that's, that's a hot take. I'm sorry. I'm not Canadian. I can't. As long as you like maple syrup, it's okay. Yeah. I like maple syrup. It bounces out. Okay, good. I'm not getting kicked out of the country. No, not, <laughs> not for that, at least. Okay. Um, yeah, let's get into the news that matters. Black Panther Wakanda Forever got... I think it's going to be its last trailer. I don't know. I don't, did they say it was a final trailer? But, yeah, it was a trailer, all right. Uh, Adam, did you watch the trailer? Uh, you know, I think so. Um, I, they played a Black Panther trailer before uh, the Amsterdam movie okay. we went to see, and I'm pretty sure that was the new trailer, but I'm, I'm not 100%. Uh, is it the one that it had the like the no woman no cry song going on in the background? Yes. Okay, yeah, then I did see it. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Are you hyped for this movie? You know, I I think it looks okay. I I don't know. I'm just I I kind of I don't know. I think I think it's so touchy and so kind of sensitive. Like. Um, having to get it right, like, in the absence of, of, of um, Chadwick uh, Boseman. Um, and I, I just hope they, uh, like, I just hope they do it right, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm nervous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like your main star passes away. It's unfortunate it's out of their control, but, I mean... Yeah, it really does throw him a curveball from the writing perspective. Like, how do you make this movie mm-hmm. when you lose your, your big star? Uh, and, yeah, I mean, this movie is going to be two hours and 40 minutes long, and even Spark mentions this off error, but, like, it's basically another origin story, basically. Um, yeah. I think, like, the big thing from the trailer, though, it was mostly just more of, like, setting up the conflict between... Uh, it's not even Atlantis because they changed it to differentiate it from uh, mm. Aquaman. It's some it's like I think it's more in line with like South American or something like that. But mm. yeah, they're like Aztec or something. Or yeah, um, like, yeah. I'm I'm curious like his character and like I, I'm I'm curious how they're gonna resolve the conflict because because he becomes a superhero eventually, right? Or like he's kind of a good guy, so yeah. I'm wondering like if there's gonna be like like a third kind of big bad that they that they both have to kinda of team up against. Yeah. Or like if they just kind of resolve their differences somehow or I'm kinda of curious how that's gonna happen. I think the big thing about this is gonna be that it's I'm sure there's like a third party who's kinda of like coaxing the whole thing, you know? Like it seems like Namor is kind of a passive person until you kind of poke the bear, kind of. So something tells me, like, something, and it's not um, Wakanda, like, kind of coaxes him and, like, starts that war. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe Doctor Doom, you know, a lot of people have been saying maybe. But we also have uh, Secret Wars coming. So Secret Wars, obviously, big Doctor Doom storyline, so... You know, if you're gonna do that storyline, you got to start bringing Doctor Doom in eventually. So this would be, at least in my eyes, like a really realistic, you know, place to bring him into, in, in the grand scheme of things. That would be surprising. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like Doctor Doom's pulling the strings yet again, that little rascal. <laughs> um, but the big thing with this trailer is they showed off the, the new Black Panther, and uh, everyone immediately was going into speculation mode on who it is. It definitely looks female, whatever, or whoever ends up being, because, like, just the curvature of the suit and everything, the body type and shape, like, definitely seemed like a woman, and then... Uh, I honestly think it's Shuri. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what most people are going with. The thing is, too, is, like, somebody matched the pattern on the new Black Panther suit with Shuri's patterns, like, the the... I don't know if they're tattoos or something that she had uh, in the first movie. And they light up, like, pretty much 100%. So, yeah. I mean, pretty much short of confirming that we're probably going to see Shuri. But here's my thing, too. I have a feeling it might be, like, a few different people hop in, you know? I don't know. Maybe M'Baku becomes Black Panther for a hot minute or something. Like, I think they might play with the idea of who Black Panther is. Before they settle on who it, it finally is. Although, I guess between the trailer and when you see the poster, like, Shuri is front and center of the poster. It, it does seem to pretty heavily favor her, at least. So, at this point, I would be surprised if it was anyone but her. But I do feel like they're going to play around with that. And that's going to be a big part of the story. It's like, who's the next Black Panther going to be? And we're going to kind of go through that process. It's, I don't think it's going to be a case where the movie starts and they're going to be like, the new Black Panther is Shuri. Like, I imagine whoever ends up being the Black Panther, it's going to be like a third act thing. I don't think it's going to be something where they spend, the, the like, within the first 20 minutes of the movie, they're like, oh yeah, Shuri is the new Black Panther. I think that would also make it arguably more interesting if you kind of see these people kind of uh, contend with the fact that they have to take this mantle that may, many of them probably don't even want to take, but maybe through these circumstances, they kind of their hand gets forced a little bit. So I don't know. That's what I feel like, at least. Yeah, um, we all. I mean, as soon as it not as soon as it happened, of course, but like once they announced that they weren't re replacing him, like Shuri was the like odds-on favorite. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if. Maybe there is kind of a, like, let's try some people out, and then it's, like, her. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, the like I said... The thing about the trailer is that when they played it before Amsterdam, I actually turned to Adam, and I was like, why am I not excited for this? So. <laughs> That's a great question. Why are you not excited for this, Katie? I... It wasn't... It wasn't, you know, it was not. Is it maybe because this year has been a little lackluster for Marvel movies? I don't think I cared for Marvel movies a lot. Like, just in general. But, like, usually I'm like, yeah, this looks fun. But while I'm watching this, I'm like, I could not watch this. <laughs> it's not a must-see. Well... Yeah. Well, trailers haven't put in a lot of, like, the humor and stuff, which obviously these movies have a ton of, so, you know. I hope Black Panther isn't funny. That is not the tone this movie should have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, if Black Panther, if this movie is funny, then it will be Thor Love and Thunder. 100%. It'll, it'll be worse, probably. I, oh, boy. I don't want it to be... So, like, 
Thor <laughs> Love and Thunder levels, but like definitely a, like the first Black Panther had some humor in there. It wasn't as predominant as Thor Love and Thunder, which overkilled it, I think. But like I think there is still some humor to balance it out. I think like almost all of these movies have some kind of like level of humor to kind of make things a little more balanced in that sense. So I, I, I definitely wouldn't want it to be the Thor Love and Thunder because yeah, that was like a, a very Honestly, that movie was a disaster. I I don't know how else to say it, but I think it was so ridiculous. It started to be funny. I'm like, who? Like, it's just the. Uh, it's like, where did you take this after Ragnarok? Ragnarok was actually good. This is just awful. So, anyways, that's a, another conversation for another day. But, um, yeah, we're kind of forever. Uh, I I I I'm intrigued by it, but yeah, it's. I think Marvel needs a win, to be honest, because I think some of their shows have been a little lackluster lately. Um, they've been kind of bouncing back a little bit. I mean, Werewolf by Night was pretty good. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, I think I think they need a, a really definitive, solid win in their corner. And this movie's coming out <clears throat> at a time where I think it'll do relatively well at the box office. There's not too much else coming out around that time to compete with it. So, yeah, we'll see how it does. Uh, Eternal star Barry Keegan, speaking of Marvel movies, uh, seems doubtful that Marvel Studios will move forward with a sequel to Eternals. That, that seems surprising, because every Marvel loves making sequels. I, I guess they have to. Yeah. <laughs> like, kind of did a lot of kind of setup there. I mean, Eternals ended on a big cliffhanger there, so they kind of have to do a sequel in, in some form or another. Unless they just want to pretend it never happened. Yeah, it was it was all a dream. It was just a <laughs> variant multiverse. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to tell Barry about a sequel because they're worried his brother's going to spoil it again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have a feeling a, a Eternal sequel will happen. I don't know if the same director will be back, but I feel like it's going to happen. Kind of would seem a little pointless if they didn't, because they set up so much in that movie for a sequel. So, I I mean, yeah, with Eternals, like I kind of thought that it that story probably would have done better as like a Disney Plus series, just mm. to kind of you could have like fleshed it out more, like each episode with the different characters. But I don't know. I wonder maybe they could do something like that instead of like a big theatrical sequel, yeah. maybe something more low budget. Or honestly, just make the movie more interesting. That movie was a very like bloated movie, in my opinion. Like, condense it down a little bit. Why can't we just have like a really entertaining two-hour-long movie? Why does it have to be like nearly three hours long and just feel like a massive mess of a film? But I still enjoyed Eternals for the most part, but it definitely was a movie that definitely went on way too long. So. But I think they're in space now too, aren't they? Like, didn't they go to space at the end of the first movie? I haven't seen the the movie like in quite a long time, so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they went to space. So maybe Guardians team up film. There you go. They just have the really serious Eternals with the jokey Guardians, and then meanwhile Kevin Feige's like, "This will work. This will this will be a great movie." Then it won't be. It'll suck. <laughs> All right, 
Marvel Studios is rumored to be turning upcoming TV shows into their standalone special presentations. So uh, they did this with Wearable by Night, which I was very surprised because I did not realize that was a movie and not a show. So yeah, it was like an hour-long movie. It was very nice. It was in it. It was out. It was very concise. So if this is true and Marvel is turning some of their TV shows into that, I'm not complaining because I think that might be the better format for some of these stories. I don't think you necessarily need to tell a, a, a particular story over the course of, let's say, six, six hours or so. Five hours. What do y'all think? Um, yeah, I... Go ahead, Spark. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm not, uh, I probably won't watch this, whether it's a movie or a documentary or a six series or a year long. I just, it doesn't, you know, but I don't think it's bad. It's just not for me. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's probably the right move to make a lot of these upcoming uh, things just into, like, one kind of Disney Plus movie instead of, like, a, a whole show. Because probably a lot of these Marvel shows probably could have been condensed just into, like, like a movie's runtime. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, like, I don't even have the time to be, yeah, I can't watch, like, six different shows just to understand, like, what's happening in a movie or, like, it's like I need it. I need it more fat, faster, consumable. Well, like, even Arbor Wars, they recently converted that over from a show into a movie, and I'm like, good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like... It, I personally am more... I think there's a more... I have a better chance that you're going to tell a more concise story with the movie format than you ever would with the the uh, TV show format. So, I don't know. I uh, I like the shows, but I think they need to be a little bit more deliberate in what stories they tell, and it can't just be, oh, we're gonna make a a Hawkeye show, and it's like, okay, but what is, why why a TV show and why not a movie? Like, what is your reason for doing this? Um, I think that's just where we kind of maybe need to see Marvel. T- I don't know, I guess maybe, like, reassess what exactly needs to be a show and what needs to be a movie, because I think right now they're just doing it just because they need to fill out Disney Plus content, and they maybe don't give it the uh, attention it necessarily deserves, so. Okay. Uh, Deadpool 3, Zazie Beats, coming back as Domino, apparently, according to a new rumor. I guess yeah. Makes sense. She was in the last one. She was... Well received and loved, so I can't see. And unlike T.J. Miller, she hasn't been canceled, so you know, <laughs> there's no reason not to bring her back. So I'm so excited for Deadpool three. I hope they get all the original cast back, and I'm just so happy this is happening. I'm just curious what the implication will be for the MCU because you're basically bringing in. Hugh Jackman, Wolverine into the MCU, like, is he going to be our new Wolverine? Well, not new Wolverine, but is he going to be MCU Wolverine uh, going forward? Or is he going to maybe, like, introduce a different version of the character somehow? That's the part I'm curious about. I imagine they might just kind of keep it in, like, kind of the same Deadpool universe, but almost like treat it like a variant universe 
Yeah. Um, I don't think Hugh Jackman. I think Hugh Jackman's just coming back because like he's friends with Ryan Reynolds and he asked him to. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he really wants to play that character for another like you know three four movies or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that maybe they might introduce like uh, I don't know. It'll they could do like a whatever whoever their new Wolverine is as as like kind of the main variant or something or. But yeah, I would hope they just kind of keep this in the kind of Deadpool kind of world that's been established in the first two movies and not a whole lot of MCU crossover, maybe a little towards the end, but yeah, yeah that's just me. Yeah. Cool. Uh, right. Uh, the five star Ezra Miller returns to set for, uh, for pickups basically. Uh, and the movie is now said to be picture locked, so, you know, for better or for worse, we're getting this movie. <laughs> we're getting it, baby. <laughs> they finally figured out this movie, hopefully. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i really curious about this, to be honest, because I just feel a little anxious about it. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be good, hopefully. I don't know. I've kind of heard rumors that it's going to kind of redo over some stuff that's happened in the DCEU. And I guess I'm a little nervous about that because if it's not done well, it's going to be kind of insane. I don't know. I'm a little little curious about this, but yeah. Well, I know because uh, originally, like the, the the people at WB, they were kind of gonna try to reboot the universe with this movie, and basically like replace Batman, like Ben Affleck's Batman, with Michael Keaton, and like have uh, Batgirl, and then have uh, like Supergirl, kind of replacing Henry Cavill. Um, but now I think they're getting Ben Affleck back. Because there was like an Aquaman too, they kind of put Ben Affleck in there, mm-hmm. um, and Henry Cavill. The thing is too, it, it just recently in L.A., they spotted Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, and Ben Affleck were all in L.A. Like while while these reshoots were going on. So uh, I'm thinking Discovery might have been able to kind of get the Trinity in there. Maybe I, I'm pretty. I think they've changed some things um, from what it, the movie was originally supposed to be. So. Which, which I'm, I'm happy about, because I did not like the, the initial idea for how they were going to reboot it. Yeah. It's, um, it's crazy just, like, how this movie is kind of, like, in a way, like, the child of a divorce, kind of, like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, just goes through all this, and it's like, oh, I hope this, I hope this turns out okay, but, yeah. I, um... Yeah. I'm per- I personally want this movie to succeed. It's just, yeah, I'm a little, like, it's just gone through so much development. And I don't know, typically when that kind of happens, I, I just get a little nervous that these things tend to kind of, I don't know, maybe not quite uh, pan out as we would like. So we'll see. I uh, Hopefully we're going to get some more soon. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's no, I was going to say, I, I'm really looking forward to it because I hope it turns around everything that mm-hmm. sucks and keeps everything that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Suicide Squad director David Ayer confirms that he screened his air cut for a fan. Like, did he invite him over? Man, what a lucky fan. (laughs) (laughs) Like, did David Ayer just knock on this dude's house and he's like, yo, you want to watch this movie with me? And the guy's like, um, like in the middle of dinner with my family. He's like, you want to watch it or not? It's like, I just want to know so much about the circumstances behind this. (laughs) I wonder if he screened it for, uh, like, more people, though, because, I mean, if he's screening it, I, I, it makes me think the studio is like taking a look at it. Um, um, it could also be a case where, like, you know, he's maybe hoping to garner some support, right? Like, isn't that kind of what you know Snyder did? Like, he was kind of well, like, getting people excited, and then that's how that whole movement started. So, yeah, like, yeah, with the Snyder cut, like. I mean, like, the fans knew, like, watching the theatrical cut, we were like, like, Zach, like, that wasn't your movie, was it? And he was like, no, I haven't even watched that thing. And we we started, you know, people would ask him, like, did this scene happen in your movie? And he'd be like, no. And then he would show, like, like a still photo of, like, like parts of his movie. And we'd be like, oh, wow, okay, so that's what they were going to do. Um, so, yeah, he would kind of show little bits of his movie. Uh, I mean, same with the air cut. There's the fans have been asking for it for a long time because David Ayer said like they changed. I mean, he's leaked some script pages of his original script, um, which are very different from the scenes that were in uh, Suicide Squad. Um, I think he has said though that like it would need probably you know an extra few thousand dollars of, to finish up the VFX and everything. Um, but I, I don't know. I always kind of thought it would be a no-brainer, really, for the studio, because if they're in debt and they need money, you know, it's like, here's a movie that's pretty much already done and, like, you know, just requires a little investment. You don't really need to spend much on marketing because the fans have already done that for you. And then just put it on, I don't know, put it on HBO Max or whatever and probably do well. Yeah. I, I have a feeling, personally, though, and I don't mean this as, like, reflection on my own uh, views but uh, it's just I feel like after what happened with the Snyder Cut they're gonna probably be a little hesitant to jump on that fan campaign again uh, again I would love to see what this air cut looks like at this point I'm so curious but I, I feel like Warner Brothers Discovery might just look at it and go we're not poking that bear again like we did it once that's it like we, 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 we're not playing with fire again I don't know if I necessarily like that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because with the Snyder Cut, it was like, it was like not a close story, you know. So, like, obviously, it ends with a lot of cliffhangers, and then everyone's like, "We want the rest of this," and WB was kind of like, "Wait, no, we thought you would just be happy with this," which is kind of like. Like, no, we want to see the whole story, you know. But uh, I think with the the Suicide Squad, it is more maybe of a closed story. I don't know. Maybe it also sets up stuff and that they're not maybe prepared to to follow through with. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Cool. Um, All right. Uh, Penguin. The upcoming uh, spinoff from the Batman, Craig Zobel is—I uh, don't know if I'm gonna say reportedly because I did see actually that 
it was confirmed by the trades that he's uh, directing and producing. At least when I did the original news, I know they were in talks, but I just saw this morning that uh, THR confirmed it. So, yeah, Craig Zobel, uh, he's done a lot of good stuff. A lot of very grounded, kind of gritty, realistic kind of crime stuff. So I guess that's totally in line with what they were doing with the Batman and Penguin. So not too surprising, I guess. I'm just so happy the show wasn't canceled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After they're canceling Batgirl and everything, it's like, please just just let the Penguin happen. <laughs> I read a rumor that basically pretty much everything except for the Batman movies, like a lot of stuff's going to get canceled over there or at least phased out. Like they might do a Wonder Woman 3, but they're probably just going to like leave it at that. Stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I did hear that like the Batman will be able to at least finish out its its trilogy and these um, these shows will at least be able to continue on. So I, I, that, that makes me a little little positive. Like you know, it would be kind of stupid if like yeah, you get the first movie of this new franchise or at least this new iteration of this franchise, and then they just decide to can it. Like that would just <laughs> it suck. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like nope. Don't care. <laughs> cool. All right, and then uh, Dune: The Sisterhood. Uh, this is a um, HBO Max spinoff series from Dune the movie. Uh, finds the leads in Emily Watson and Shirley Henderson. So, cool beans. I don't know anything about Dune. I watched that movie and I didn't really know what was going on that much. But I'll say, eh. You're forgetting that show is happening. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. But, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, Spawn, that movie. Uh, it's got some writers that are working on, that worked on The Joker, and uh, some that are working on Captain America 4. So that's somewhat inspiring I guess and uh, Jamie Foxx is still attached to Star I have a feeling this movie is never going to get made this movie has been talked about for ages and we still haven't seen it and I'm sorry uh, Todd McFarlane but I think he talked a good game but I don't know if this movie is ever going to happen um, it's, uh, that's just my own personal speculation But yeah I, I really hope it does I love Spawn and I, uh, I think he's a really cool character um I love the original, like, the animated uh, HBO series they did for him, too. Um, I think there's a lot of, like, great source material there that could be, like, a cool movie, but hopefully they got some writers now and they can get a script that uh, some studio is willing to produce, and I guess that's the next step. Yeah. They got Jamie Foxx, so he's he's willing to do it. Yeah. It's kind of old to start a franchise, though, no? Yeah, it could be a franchise. I mean, The Rock is doing it. But I also think The Rock is kind of old to start Black Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the Spawn, I don't really remember if he's... He could be an older character, because he he's kind of like a war veteran. 
and kind of loses his wife and kids and uh, kind of comes back from the dead. So he's going to have a lot of prosthetics and everything like on his face and her makeup. Um, probably hide those wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just mean like physically the toll it takes. I mean, Tom Cruise is still mm. kicking. So I guess whatever, but just a thought. Right. Yeah, I might need that muscle suit. <laughs> Uh, Nosferatu, uh, Robert Eggers, who probably most people know from, uh, The Witch, uh, The Lighthouse, he also did The Northman recently, he's remaking Nosferatu, uh, oh, wow. yeah, and, uh, it was originally kind of taken off the plate because of, uh, there were some casting issues, he wanted to cast some actors and they ended up being unavailable, but back on it's got bill skarsgård uh coming in to play the titular nosferatu and then lily rose depp will play uh kind of like the romantic lead and uh yeah nosferatu is a very interesting movie in that the original has been remade uh i said like back in the 70s but it's a very uh, interesting story and i think uh i'm curious what robert eggers brings to it uh, he did say in some interviews that he's like really he's a big fan of Nosferatu, so he's he's a I think it's you can trust him to do this justice, but uh, yeah, he's definitely an interesting filmmaker. So I'm curious how it will turn out. And then, um, yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. What were we? Oh, sorry. To? Yeah, no, I was just gonna say this definitely sounds like like a recipe for success. Just everyone that's attached and. And the material and everything. It's like, I, yeah, I could see this being really good. And then finally, we got the new, the trailer finally for Super Mario Brothers. Um, yeah. I mean, and the internet took it so well. How could anybody complain about this movie? I'm kidding. It, it's, <laughs> it's definitely eliciting some reactions. And it's not all positive. A lot of people are not big fans of Chris Pratt's voice. Um, despite the voice issue, though, I will say the game, or not the game, uh, the movie looks fantastic, I think. Like, in terms of, like, the visual look of it, like, they nailed that, at least. I don't know. 100%. Yeah, the, the animation looks beautiful. I think it's a French uh, animation studio that's doing it, and they've been really hitting it out of the park. Um, yeah. yeah. It just looks so, so good. And I don't know. Like, I could probably complain about some parts of this movie, but it just looks so good. I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. So. Um, I, I kind of wish, though, that they, they did just get, like, actual voice actors, like, to do these characters. Like, I don't know, I, I don't really, it's kind of weird that, like, the Penguin King guy had, like, a more menacing voice than Bowser did, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, we got, like, Jack Black as Bowser, like, and then, um, yeah, I don't know, Chris Pratt as Mario, he was basically just his normal Chris Pratt voice. Um, yeah. I don't know, I thought it would have been, like, an Italian guy, or at least an accent, or maybe, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think 
the, I will say, in defense of Chris Pratt, I do feel like, at least in the trailer, like, he does really seem to capture some level of, like, enthusiasm and excitement in Mario's voice, which I think is good. I think that's kind of what's saving it for me. Whereas the rest of it's like, yeah, you're just, yeah. You're, you're, you're basically not really... <laughs> You're not really, uh, you know, doing the Italian part of it well, but yeah, I don't know. I want to be at least semi-positive in the corner of Chris Pratt because there's so much negativity out there. I'm like, for the same reason I liked him in the the Lego movie, I think he's kind of bringing a similar kind of innocent, energetic energy to Mario. And, I mean, I don't know. So far, it's kind of working for me. We'll see how that ends up going, mm-hmm. but. Any other thoughts on the trailer? Cool, cool. Alright, let's take a quick break and then we're going to review some movies. Back in a bit. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. Okay, we're back. We're going to review some movies and whatnot. Um, Yeah, Katie and Adam, you two saw Amsterdam. How was it? I wish I didn't see it, honestly. <laughs> no, first of all. Katie coming in with the hot shade. Or the no, spirit. honestly. Okay, first of all, before the movie started, I brought to Adam's attention how problematic the director is. Absolutely oh, yeah. insane. An insane person. Um, and then the movie started, and I was like, not engaged at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I was like, this movie is going on too long. Because before the movie started, I told Adam, after this movie, I'm going to go have ramen dombo. So I really wanted to have ramen the entire time. And. Wait, you wanted ramen? Like the soup? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fair. And then. The movie just kept going, and I was like, this should have been wrapped up an hour ago. Like, this is going on way too long. It's it's just dragging on for no reason. Um, Taylor Swift showed up. She died in a very tragic way. Um, my humble opinion is that she is not fit to be an actress. I think her current profession suits her very very well and I don't think that acting is something that she's particularly good at don't please don't hate on me with these um yeah so my take is that I think it was just a whole bunch of big names like jammed into one movie Mm. and I don't think that it worked out very well Adam? Yeah, no, that's um, 
I mean, I pretty much agree with, you know, it's, I think this movie, it's like, it's, it's pretty much just carried by the talent of the cast. Um, like I couldn't help but think like if they, if these were just no name actors or like, I'm just, it would just be utterly boring, you know, like, and it, it is way too long and because it is too self-indulgent in, in some scenes, like they're just, just some whatever banter or they're just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Some of it's funny, but not, not most of it doesn't really land. Um, no, the woman next to me was laughing so hard. Yeah, I mean, I I laughed at some of the situations, but the time of her life. I love how it's like you two were laughing. It was just this rando sitting next to you was having the time of her life. Yes. Maybe her husband just treats her like shit. She's like, "This is my time to shine." You get to laugh at this movie. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so I'm just derailing this whole conversation, but. Um, yeah, was... yeah, way too long. Um, was... And I, I even think like the whole, uh, like the whole historical, like event that is kind of centered around, or it's, it's like this general of the U.S. kind of blew the whistle on how like um, shortly after World War II, there was businessmen trying to basically install like a the same kind of like Nazi fascist like empire in America, and they wanted to make this general like the dictator basically because. He was well respected. He was fought in like five wars. Um, they offered him a lot of money to do so, and he pretty much went on stage and just said, "Like, you know, this is what's happening," <laughs> um, yeah. which is a really important historical event. But it's all diminished, and they hardly even mention him by name because it's just so I caught up in the banter of these three friends and their little adventure. And it's just kind of like, "Hey, how about like we spotlight this like." moment in history a little bit more you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think just like bullet train this movie is carried by the amount of fame the actors have and like the experience that the actors bring instead of the actual story that it offers yeah yeah it's very meandering it just kind of goes it kind of jumps around in time a little bit too, which is confusing. And there's a totally unnecessary montage at the end where they, they all just look up close into the camera and they kind of whisper, they're like, Amsterdam. And it's like, what is happening? <laughs> That's, oh my gosh, too much. Kurt, are you sold? Are you going to go see it? I actually, I, you have like, no, I don't want to go watch this movie. And I'm like, no, I think I might just like watch, I don't know. Something on TV. I might, I might not watch anything. I might just look out a window. You know. Just... <laughs> uh, oh right. my god! I really, I, I really hope Swifty don't don't come for me for the comment I made. Uh, I'm already getting f- hate emails. No, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Taylor Swift was good, but she appeared way too short. She just died. Which I understand, probably because she had scheduling conflicts or something, but... She talked to him and she's like, can you just, like, kill me or something? They're like, um, sure. She literally got ran over by a truck, so... I just want to know if the director maybe had a, like, a kind of, like, issue with her or something. 
and you have cast the, the director seems to have an issue with everyone he worked with everybody like, i couldn't believe how many uh stories have come out of him like literally assaulting like cast and crew on set and like i'm just like how has this guy not been canceled like he's just a very very problematic crazy awful human being i think Yeah, he definitely has problems. <laughs> I think he needs to seek help. <laughs> Probably won't. I don't know, maybe he just needs to listen to some Lizzo or something and just chill the fuck out. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Uh, what would you give this movie a score of? I like Katie go first. 1 to 10 or 1 to 5. Let's, uh, 1 to 10 is as usual it it's a it's a 3.5 for me oh rough katie just throw out of 10 yeah out of 10 wow. <laughs> i was bored it was long it was it was jumping from place to place it, it was just like not a good movie yeah. rough for for me, I think I, I, I give it a six. I think wow. I, I did I liked I did I you know, the acting it, it was it was good enough to kind of keep me interested. Um it was way too long. I I might just I don't know, I'm I'm a bit of a sucker for like Christian Bale and um you know, I thought Mike Myers and Michael Shannon were kind of funny as a duo. Um no, I yeah, like I don't the know. actors. It was just like I came to see a movie, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really have like that big kind of wow factor. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's yeah, you know, but I, it held my interest, for mo the most part. But I, I could see it being pretty boring, for 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 people too. So, it's yeah. You know what, actually. I'll give it a 4.5. <laughs> Bump it up one. Yeah, the one point is for Taylor Swift. For showing up. 4.5. Well, here that Swifties. Uh, email us at uh, mailbag at com if you've got hate mail for Katie. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, next up is... Let me check the notes because I can't remember off the top of my head. Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night was 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 great. It was very unexpectedly good, and I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast know I have gripes with how Marvel consistently decides that they're going to make some TV shows, and shows go on way too long, or they put make movies even their movies go on way too long, and I'm like Marvel. I don't need five hours or even two and a half hours with these characters. Sometimes just a real nice, quick story, in and out, does the trick. This movie did that. And I have to say, I was right, Marvel. If you listened to me this whole time, you would have been making way more money, probably. I don't know. Maybe not. I can't say that for sure. But I'm very happy with how this turned out because it was roughly around 50-ish minutes uh, very simple story. Basically, uh, this family assembles these hunters to hunt this monster 
and if they're able to uh, retrieve something from this monster, then they become like this head monster, a uh, monster hunter, basically. And uh, it's really cool. Uh, it's set in like a black and white style, kind of reminiscent of uh, like the Universal monster movies, and definitely pulls a few different stylistic choices from that. Although it does also pull a little bit from the Hammer films of old, so uh, it's not all Universal Monsters influences. But uh, yeah, I will say this is slightly more violent than most other Marvel stuff, and I was very surprised by that. Uh, I think it makes sense. You know, it's like a monster thing. There's going to be a little bit more violence, but I was like a little bit surprised. I'm like, Marvel, you're you're pushing the envelope here a little bit. Uh, but it was very entertaining, very good. Uh, the actors were all fantastic. And again, the story was just really nicely concise. Like, it didn't overstay its welcome. It honestly just felt like uh, just a really concise story. And uh, it left me wanting more, which is, I guess, more than I can say for a lot of these other uh, stories told in the Marvel Universe. Um, did anybody else get a chance to watch Werewolf by Night? I guess I should ask. <laughs> No, I didn't see it. No. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and there's definitely some teases for like upcoming stuff. I can definitely see that they're going to probably set up a little bit more of this, like little stream within the Marvel universe of these kind of like more mythical monster characters. Um, maybe we'll get midnight suns, which is like kind of like their big team up kind of like their Avengers. I'd be down for that. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, really enjoyed this. Uh, I'd give this like a nine out of 10. I think this might be probably the best thing Marvel's done this year. Uh, we'll see how what kind of forever pans out, but yeah, so far this is the best Marvel content to beat this year, at least in my opinion. Okay. Uh, next up is Midnight Club and, uh, Midnight Club is, uh, the new Mike Flanagan show. And uh, did anybody else watch this by any chance? No, for that too. Fair. I actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're back after a brief, brief hiatus. Uh, but yeah, Midnight Club. Uh, it tells the story of a girl who finds out she's terminally ill, and she goes to this ha- uh, place where. Uh, she's told that, uh, or promised that she'll find eternal life and, uh, or not eternal life, sorry, but she'll be like cured of her, uh, disease, at least from what she reads. So she goes there and then there's a bit of a mystery about how did this girl before her, uh, get cured of her terminal illness when getting cured of a terminal illness seems like one of the hardest things for anybody to do. Uh, and she kind of starts exploring it. She meets the other people that are at this house as well. And they form this, uh, midnight club where they all tell stories every night. And what's cool and interesting is that the stories that they tell are like offshoots, obviously like they're these characters, uh, kind of telling a story, but then they also play out that story on the screen. So you see, actors from the show or actresses from the show coming on and playing different roles within the story that they're telling within the show. I thought it was really interesting how they did that. And there were some really cool stories that they told with that. Uh, And then you got like actresses like Heather Langenkamp, who most people know from the nightmare on Elm street movies 
she comes in and she's playing like a few different roles just because she shows up a few times in these stories that they're telling and she also shows up in the main uh, story as well. Um, I do think this is a, this is a generally speaking a good show. I don't think it was nearly as good as Midnight Mass, which came out last year. Uh, Midnight Mass just felt a little bit more impactful of a story, a bit more concise of a story, and honestly a bit more uh, in-depth of a story than this. It This felt a little lighter, and I guess in a way that's fine, but for me, I was slightly disappointed. I wanted a little bit more out of this. I was waiting for like just one or two last hooks to kind of really draw it in for me, and it didn't quite happen. So still very good and honestly even if mike flanagan makes something that misses the mark a little bit still better than a lot of the other shows on netflix so i'd give this like an 8 out of 10 it is fairly decent and i don't want to spoil too much in case people haven't seen it yet but uh yeah it's out now on netflix and then finally saw lyle lyle crocodile uh which is the this new movie that came out and I didn't know too much about it because I don't know too much about Sean Mendez. I think that's who it is. Um sorry, you know, Kate was apologizing to T Swift fans and here I am apologizing to Sean Mendez fans, but I don't know too much about Sean Mendez or uh anything like that. But uh this is this was a cute little little movie. I do think it was a little bit on the lighter side of things uh and i don't know i guess like kid stuff i get it you're 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 trying your best to you know keep things light for kids um yeah it's uh it, it just felt very kind of light at times but also there was some weird stuff in here that seemed not for kids at all um harvier bardem plays like uh this person who's kind of like closely associated with um with uh the crocodile and uh uh and then at a certain point like the mom in this movie she's married and has two kids and she looks over at harvey bardem's character like i want to fuck you and i'm like what this is like a kid's movie like are we sure um yeah it just felt like very much like they didn't what know what to do with this movie. It, it was very strange, and I'm the whole time I was thinking about it. I'm like, are kids gonna like this? Like, I don't know. Maybe kids are more mature these days than I give them credit for. But I was just like, this felt very strange. Um, but yeah, the whole point of the movie is Lyle the crocodile. He wants to overcome his stage fright, and I guess that's uh, uh. That's an interesting story, I guess. Um, yeah. Like, I guess the, the, nothing really happens too much in this movie aside from, like, building up to that. And the whole time I was watching this movie, it was just like, I don't know. I guess I was wondering what the big takeaway of this was going to be for kids. And I guess there's not really one. I guess kids are going to be like, I don't, a Shawn Mendes. I don't know if kids know who that is. I'm going to go see this. Um, I guess for anybody else, they'll probably find this movie to be a little dull and boring. Unless you maybe pick up on the weird little eye glances that the mom gives to Javier Bardem. But anyways, I'd give it like 7 out of 10. It's, it's competently made. It's just, it lacks enough of a, 
push. And I also just kind of doubt that most kids are going to really be into this. So, yeah. I mean, I'd say go check it out, but I don't know. Maybe not? Question mark. Okay. And then uh, Viff is done. They had their closing night gala the other night. Um, I saw the whale, though. And the whale was fantastic. Very uh, surprising film. Uh, the Renaissance is back. We're getting Brendan Fraser in movies again. Thank goodness. Uh, everyone made a big point of his performance in this. It does not disappoint. Uh, essentially, the movie is about a man who is on the verge of death. He is eating himself to death. And uh, his in is like in-home caretaker slash doctor tells him you're basically going to be dead by the end of this week and there's not much you can do about it and uh this kind of forces him to get in contact with his daughter who he wants to get to know they've been estranged and uh, then there's a weird religious subplot in this which they do ultimately end up kind of tying it in to the end of the movie but it did feel a little kind of forced in there a little bit, but not majorly so, I guess. Uh, the main issue I had with this movie is that this movie definitely seemed to be at many times taking like a respectful approach to this whole obesity issue. And then at times they would then flip that and then make like really crude, really lazy fat jokes. And then I was like, what kind of movie is this? If you're going to be respectful, like fully commit to that, don't take a little weird, weird detour where you're going to tell a crass joke uh, in the middle of this movie that you're you're supposedly trying to tell people that it is respectful. So it just felt very odd messaging sense. And I get it. They were trying to put humor into this movie because it is a fairly serious movie. Uh I just think if you're going to put in humor in a movie like that, there's better ways to do it than to put in the kind of jokes that they were putting in. So I don't know. The, the jokes could have been better or honestly not even in the movie. The movie can honestly should have, could have even just been dark and I would have been fine with that too. Um, but yeah, I still would give it a nine out of 10. It is still very good. It's just, yeah, maybe decide on your messaging of the movie, Darren Aronofsky. But yeah, that hits uh, theaters in December, so we'll we'll talk about it more when it comes out closer to release. Get people's ears and eyes on it again, but yeah. And then Adam, you saw a movie at Fifth too, right? Uh, Leonor will never die. I did. That's right. Um, yeah, this was a movie who my uh, Filipino coworker was just dying to see um, because this was made by a Filipino director. Um, full Filipino cast and crew and everything. Uh, so I tagged along with him to go see it. Um, and it was, it was pretty good. Um, very different kind of movie. Uh, so Leonor, she's like this older woman in the Philippines. Um, and she, she just loves watching all these like cheesy, like VHS movies, like cheesy action films. Um, she sees an ad in the paper to like submit her own script to get her movie made. Um, but unfortunately before she finishes the script, she kind of gets knocked out and put in a coma. 
Um, so then she starts like kind of inside her own head. She's like living in the movie that she was writing Mm -hmm. and it's all turns into this old, like kind of eighties aesthetic of like, like super kind of on purpose, like cheesy, like, um, over the top fight scenes, like where people are like, they're like punching each other, but their, their fist is like clearly like a few inches away from the face. Um, but it's all really funny and well done. And apparently, too, my friend, he said there was a lot of references to kind of old cinema in the Philippines, which I, I didn't necessarily pick up on. But um, it's cool that someone like with that background would 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 notice uh, a lot of that stuff. Um, the movie, though, it just it starts getting very meta and weird. And uh, like it's almost it's not it's not just that like she's kind of in the movie in her head. It's like people literally start seeing her like on TV, like in her movie. Mm. And then like her son is able to like go through the TV and then join her there. And like, so it's almost like, wait, is this like real? And then it almost kind of reminds me of like everything everywhere all at once at times too. Like we're just kind of how crazy and with these different realities and stuff it starts getting into. Um the thing I didn't like though is the ending just kind of completely fell falls apart. Um, like they literally have a scene where there's like the director of the movie, like talking with the producer or something. And they're like, yeah, so we've pretty much like run out of budget. Like how should we end this movie? <laughs> and like, and they're like, well, Lynn or she, she said she likes singing. So let's just do a musical number. So then literally they just do a big musical number with all the cast. And that's that's like the end of the movie. So <laughs> I was wow. like, okay, that's that's that. Then that's one way to end it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much up until the end, I was I was with it, and then it then it kind of lost me. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I probably it was very unique in concept, um, and entertaining, and I'd I'd probably give it like a like a solid eight out of ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, before I get on to Blu-rays, what was your favorite movie of the that you saw this year? Ooh. You know, I wanted to see a lot more. Um, I only ended up seeing three. I planned to see like five or six, but I, I think it was probably this one. Nice. Yeah, this Leonor one. I really wanted to see some of those special presentations and stuff, but. It's like they were all happening the same weekend. I was out of town, so I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> yeah. yeah. But really, I'm sure I'll catch him. I really liked the uh, broker, which was the closing night film. That was probably my favorite. But mm, nice. I want to see that one. The sun was also very good, uh, and then the whale was probably my top three, aside from the mic. But like, they're kind of in a dead tie because I like them all very interestingly. Uh, cool. Nice. Alright. Um, on to some Blu-rays. Uh, some new Blu-rays are out. Dexter, the complete series, plus New Blood. So this is a Blu-ray collection that compiles together Dexter, the complete series, and then the New Blood. Uh, I don't know if you call it like a requel or reboot. Not really a reboot, I guess. But yeah, continuation, I guess, of the Dexter storyline. Kind of combines it together to one Blu-ray package. Some people might prefer this. I know I did, just because uh, if I'm going to rewatch Dexter, 
at least I have have both Dexter and New Blood. I think like New Blood is on a different streaming service than Dexter, so could be a little hard to watch the two of them. But hey, you get this Blu-ray package, you can just watch them all. Uh, I'd give it a nine out of ten. Uh, and then War of the Worlds. Uh, it's a Blu-ray of the original movie, uh, just in time for the spoopy season. Uh, great presentation on the Blu-ray. Some good special features and stuff. Uh, I'd give it a 9 out of 10 as well. Very cool little package. And then rounding out, we've got Star Trek Picard Season 2 on Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of special features in this that kind of shows a bit about how Season 2 came to be. Uh, and how they managed to bring in some of like the cast from the next generation back for uh, Picard. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I definitely do wonder if, like, because I know it's also streaming, too. Like, I don't know if, personally, I would say the Blu-ray is a must-get if you've already seen it on streaming. Uh, the special features were good. I just didn't think they were really enough to maybe fully warrant a uh, purchase of the Blu-ray. That being said, the Blu-ray does have um a uh like much better quick picture quality in the streaming i even was able to compare the two and yeah it definitely looks a lot better on blu-ray than it did when i was watching it to streaming so i give the blu-ray an 8 out of 10 i don't know if necessarily the higher picture quality is going to be enough for some people but i do think it's enough at least in my opinion to warrant consideration at least so okay uh let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and recap uh she hulk having sex with uh daredevil back in a sec
we're back. We just ruined Adam by telling him what happens in the latest She-Hulk episode, and it kind of destroyed him. We ruined Adam. We broke him. I'm kind of shocked and heartbroken. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my. Um, so, for those who don't know, uh, She-Hulk, the latest episode, finally, after much anticipation, brought in fan favorite Daredevil. And I'm I have so many fucking questions about this. Oh my god. Um, so they definitely go a joke, like a more lighthearted, jokey route with Daredevil. Like that's undeniable. If you watch the Marvel Netflix shows and then you watch this, it does seem like it's an entirely different character. He's joking around. He's having more fun. And some people have pointed out, hey, that's. That's a that's how the character in the comics is sometimes. To that I say yes, but also we're getting bored again, and we also had the original Netflix series, which we don't know if it's canon. I'm assuming it is at least softly in canon. And it's just when you compare it to this, it's like it just I don't know. It's like watching a heavy drama and then telling you that a lighthearted. Adam Sandler comedy is in the same universe as it. You're like, I don't know how this is all going to work. Off topic. I'm so happy people are into the Adam Sandler renaissance again. Incredible. Anyway, carry on. It's his third renaissance. He's had a few. (laughs) He just keeps coming back. Which is great. Good for him. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Katie, you also watched She-Hulk. What did you, what did you make did. of this? I did. Okay, so I have not watched any other materials related to Daredevil. I honestly don't know much about him. Right, all I know is that he's this other lawyer guy who's part of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I knew he was going to show up because... They hinted at it many times. Yeah. Um, and where the next episode is the finale, right? I think so. Yeah. And they're just revealing the person who's been plotting against her the entire time. Um, but did they though? Sorry. Did they though? I mean, there was like a big. Thing no, they didn't. Them. They didn't. Yeah, I'm like. Yeah. It was just revealed to her that someone's been plotting against her. Um, like, she knows now, I think, more definitively. But also, it's like, we as an audience have known for, like, the last, like, six, seven episodes. So, it's, uh, yeah. What if it's Titania? Anyway. I have a feeling it's the leader. Because they did... We do know that the leader's coming back to, um, for Captain America 4. And it's about, like, they did say that that movie is about, like, them having a ton of Hulks. So something tells me She-Hulk may lead into Captain America 4, where maybe, like, that's why he's trying to get her blood. Mm. Huh. Okay, anyway, um, it was, it was fun seeing him, like, walk in all confident, being like, yeah, this case is, like, not even a case. Dismissed. Um, that was fun. Um, 
I thought he was a very, very good lawyer. Um, even though the circumstances didn't even need him to be a good lawyer because the person was just dumb. Um, and the, the walk of shame was funny. I gotta say, it was funny. Mm. Um, I, I enjoyed their interactions. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was weird, but fun. It was a fun episode. Spark, did you watch this episode? Yeah, I did. Um, I actually, uh, I didn't mind Daredevil being so comical. I've, I've watched, I guess for reference for people listening, I've watched all of the Marvel Netflix series, like every single one that they put out, I watched. Um, so I didn't mind Daredevil in this world because this world's very goofy. Being goofy, it would have been weird to me if he was like all brooding like he normally is. Mm-hmm. I am nervous about Daredevil Reborn. If it's going to have more of this tone, I'm going to be bummed out. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I What I found interesting about this episode, I'm, I'm with you guys, and I've said this before, it's like they've waited so long for a big bad, but at the same time, they warned us from the start, like this is... Uh, a show about a lawyer mm-hmm. they, they she taught us that in episode so you know they've been true to their word unfortunately <laughs> yeah. uh but i will say the discussion at the end that i found interesting i like went on twitter afterwards is like they obviously revealed uh her sex tape and um you know there's some there's some real world connections to that um and which i want to give them props on this show has been very heavy-handed when it comes to all gender interactions. Uh, they they they've left no room for any type of interpretation, and they finally were like, you know, here's something that happens without it being so much like women go through this every day. Acknowledge it. Uh, so I I thought that the ending there was actually a very nice touch, and I, I was like, more subtlety in this show could have gone a long way. I do agree with you that, like, I don't know how this tonal mismatch is going to, what this is going to mean for Born Again, because, like, Born Again as a comic is largely predicated on the story of, like, Karen Page as a drug addict, and Matt becomes homeless and desperate, and, like, I don't know, if you show, if we were just going off of the Netflix series, I'd say, yeah, sure, that story is, I don't know. Obviously, they'd have to make some changes, but largely in that realm of doable. And then they veered into this, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't think you can quite tell that story, and at least not now with how this is. And, I mean, they can jump to being serious, but it's going to just feel jarring now having seen her or having seen uh, him and uh, She-Hulk being joking around and hooking up with She-Hulk. And it's like, uh, just feels very odd of a choice and i i just as much as i think it's cool that he showed up i do think it was probably a weird choice for this character in particular i mean i get it they're both lawyers that's the through line but i 
arguably they could have brought in, I think, a character that more is in line with what they're doing with the show rather than Daredevil. Not to say I don't want to see Daredevil, but I just felt like I'm rather another character that's a little bit more jokey naturally than Daredevil where, yeah, we're going to have to jump back and forth now between Daredevil being potentially jokey and serious and just, yeah. It's, I have major concerns about Born Again now after seeing this and I don't know if it's how that's going to turn out, but hopefully it's good. Um, yeah. There was, oh, yes, uh, a lot. I agree to the, the tone. There was um, a thread that I, I tried to find on Twitter and I and I lost because there was, they brought up, uh, which this is the show, the, the sick tape, and then at the end they're like, and she's a bad person and also she's a slut or whatever. And so then this guy was tweeting uh, on just like Twitter, like the question of like, is she all good at sex? Right. Which, uh, you know, some people are like, how dare you ask that question? That's so sexist. And then like, other people were like, it's a major focal point of the show. Right? Like her sex life is, I don't know, her, her dating life, I should say is uh, i don't know maybe the second most important part of the show to her besides her 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 job yeah uh, i i find it interesting that that's kind of where we are at <laughs> in and like superhero discourse there are a lot of comments i'm, I'm gonna try and find it and, and share it to you guys uh, but yeah that, that to me i was just like yeah interesting mm-hmm. but that's you know the show invites that type of uh conversation mm-hmm We should wrap this up, but uh, what do you two think for a score for this episode? Eight. Okay. I'm gonna go uh, six and a half. Oh. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with probably four and a half. <gasps> Golly. This was, this was just off. This was just... Oh. Yeah. Land down the hammer curve. Four and a half is rough. Uh, this just felt way too far off from Daredevil. And I don't know, even for She-Hulk, it also felt a little jarring too. I don't know. It's just, this whole thing just kind of feels a little like I don't have that connection to Daredevil. I'm like, this is fine. But I don't know. If you go watch any, like, the Marvel Netflix series, I think they're on Disney Plus now, but, like, yeah. Go even just watch one episode of that compared to this. It's, like, it's so far off. It's it's very jarring. Okay. Um, House of the Dragon. Let's quickly rattle off that. Um, Yeah. Adam, did you manage to watch the latest episode? I did, yeah. What are you thinking? Um, I'm with it. I am pro-Targaryen, pro-Rhaenyra Daemon. It won me over. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a little weird. Um, I guess it's less weird than, like, when she was a kid, but... You know, I don't know. You know what? They got they want to do this incestual like thing with the to, for the for the throne. I mean, do it. <laughs> I hope they win. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because even though it's an incestuous relationship, and you should feel 
that it's wrong, which it is. It's also yeah. rooting for them too, just because like they're the two characters that are so purely supportive of each other. Like this entire show, like the king, his wife doesn't fucking support him, and like, oh. all the other relationships, it just seems like somebody's out for blood with somebody else. And like Damon and Rhaenyra are like they're they're just so purely in love that even though it's wrong, I'm like you're probably my favorite relationship in the show, despite all the issues that it brings up. So yeah, and they kind of each lost their like spouse like he lost his wife and she lost the the night guy who was the real you know father of her kids and so i get that they're kind of like look let's just let's just do it let's get together yeah and it makes sense strategically too but man i feel so bad for the king every episode though too like he's always just trying to have everyone be happy and like no one's getting along now and now they got all these kids and all the kids hate each other and they're fighting yeah um there is a scene in this though where like where they were like after the kids fight like the one kid loses an eye because um, he accuses him of being like a bastard uh, son which he is, um, but then it's like man like that was during that whole sequence where um, with the like Alicent and Rhaenyras like I, I I like audibly gasped like while watching that and that kind of rarely happens where I'm actually just like holy shit like. I, like is this someone gonna die here like what is happening yeah um that was very tense very really really intense scene <laughs> really well done especially when she directly disobeys the king it's, it's just like oh shit like i loved it what, what would you give this episode a score of oh hold on i haven't a score yet sorry yeah, the spark you saw it too, eh? Oh yeah, yeah I okay. saw it. Don't give the story yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> I agree though. The that scene when she grabs the knife, I like looked at Sabrina, my my fiance, and I like my mouth was agape. I like no sound was coming out of it, and <laughs> I just could not believe that in front of everyone she would do that because she's. You know, she's a pretty reasonable person, all, all in all, pretty, pretty well, well measured. But um, it's totally believable that, like, your son, and I don't know, infections kill people back then, right? It's not like today, where yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, antibiotics, we'll stitch him up, it'll be fine. Like, that could kill that kid, eventually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a mother would, you know, do whatever she had to do to, to try and even the score. Um I, I'm really starting to dislike Rhaenyra, uh, which is an unpopular stance from the people I've spoken. She just she just makes a lot of really stupid decisions that are selfish that benefit her and, and no one else. And um, I hate people in real life like that. So she reminds me of them. I mean, just obviously her kids are such an obvious example. Like she put she put their life at risk by bringing them into the world, uh, and she's pulling in all these other people that now have to defend that very poor decision that she made twice. And, uh, you know, I understand they didn't have birth control, right. And like a woman has needs, but I don't know, dude, like you have to, you just have to make better choices because those kids are going to end up getting killed yeah. because of you. And, yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, you, <laughs> some things are bigger, 
but uh, I do like Matt Smith's character. I'm, I'm never going to call him by that because he's always Matt Smith to me. But like mm-hmm. he's a terrible, like he's a very bad person. But like through and through, he's he's consistent, and I respect that. He's like, look, I care about me, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you're not me and you can't help me, then you're you're not of great importance, and you should know that because I've always been that way. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's it. Awesome. So, where do we think it for a score? I'm I'm gonna go a nine. I thought this was some real really good television. Nice. What about you, Spark? Yeah. Not nine and a half for for me. It's just so so incredibly well written. It, just for the middle scene, like ignoring mm-hmm. how good the rest of the episode is. Just that court scene, like that well written, that well acted, that the tension building, the shots, the editing, like that's where you watch the show and you're like, oh, this is what other people could do. Yeah, <laughs> and it makes you mm-hmm. upset. You're like, oh, I have to watch TV that isn't this. What a shame. Yeah. I- I can't wait for the king's reaction when he finds out about Renaris and Damon. <laughs> uh, so even if he does, because he ain't looking too good. He looks more like Gollum every single episode. So yeah, yeah, he's withering away pretty fast now. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's going to be upset, but I think a little bit of him will be happy that his daughter's safer. Like yeah. having his brother there protects her and those kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he's gonna be mad, but in the back of his head, he's like, "Well, my the chances of my daughter living through this happily have increased exponentially." Yeah, that's true. Cool. It's eating up. <laughs> uh, and then quickly, Lord of the Rings. It's slowly starting to pick up. We're start, we're getting some more story. Um, Adam, did you watch the latest episode? So I'm actually not sure. I think I, the last one I watched, uh, they they caught the uh, like the dark elf that was leading all the orcs, and then there was like a big volcano that exploded. Was okay. that was that this week's or was that last week's? I think it was last week's. Yeah. Oh shoot. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't seen good. the newest one yet. Oh good. Um, yeah, this one definitely um, ups the ante a little bit. Uh, yeah, and definitely in a way kind of gets us closer to, um, you know, I guess more interesting Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, definitely it is, um, getting to the point now where they're starting to kind of take some time to reveal some things that we've kind of been seeing a little bit of, so, I don't know, it it definitely feels like we're building towards a really cool finale with them showing off maybe potentially who Sauron is. And, uh, we definitely got a big tease for Balrog in this episode, which was great. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think this episode starts to get things more interesting. So I'd say eight out of 10, pretty, pretty solid. Just, yeah, I think definitely we need to, um kind of i think because this is like the second to last episode so there's like one more episode and then that's it so um yeah i definitely think we definitely need to 
pick up the pace a little bit in the second season if there is one. So, but for now, I give this episode an eight out of ten. And then uh, our movie club this week is Friday the Thirteenth final chapter. Anybody get around to uh, watching it? I did not, unfortunately. No. Well, with that, I guess that's it for this episode then. Um, cool. I don't know what our movie club is next week, but maybe it's Sparks? I don't know. Uh, oh, no. It's me? No, it's not. It's Nitro's next week. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. We'll just talk about it next week. I'll, I'll let, we'll let you all know. I didn't have time to think of anything, so we'll we'll think of something though, something fun and spoopy. All right, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.